0: This video is part of an audiobook series featuring the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, Live Them and Reach Your Full Potential, written by John C. Maxwell in 2012. For more audiobooks, please visit my YouTube channel, find me on Spotify, or check out my website for downloads. Chapter 7, The Law of Design. To maximize growth, develop strategies— and it begins with a quote from Jim Rohn. Quote, if you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into somebody else's. And guess what they might have planned for you? Not much. End quote. When is your favorite time of year? Is it Christmas? Or is it when you celebrate your birthday? Or when flowers bloom into the spring? Or summer vacation? Or when the kids go back to school? Or the beginning of football season? When the leaves change? When is it? And I will tell you mine. It's the week after Christmas. Glancing backward, planning forward. On Christmas Day in the afternoon, after the grandchildren have finished opening all their presents and the hoopla has died down, I can hardly contain myself because I know it's time for one of the things I love most every year. I steal off to my study while everyone else is watching TV or napping. There on my desk waiting for me is my appointment calendar from the preceding year and a yellow legal pad. Starting that afternoon and continuing that week up until New Year's Eve, I spend my time reviewing my calendar. I review every appointment, meeting, commitment, and activity, hour by hour, from the previous 359 days, and I evaluate each of them. I look carefully at my speaking engagements and consider what I should do more of, what I should do less of, and what I should eliminate altogether. I look at the growth opportunities I pursued and judge which gave me a high return and which didn't. I look at all the meetings and appointments I had and determine which ones I should do more of and which I should eliminate. I consider how much time I spent doing things that I should have delegated to someone else. I also look at what I delegated and reconsider whether I should pick anything back up or delegate it it to someone different. I evaluate whether I spent enough time with my family. I also make a list of all the things Margaret and I did together that year, and I take her out to dinner one night so we can reminisce and enjoy them once again. That's a romantic evening that always ends well. I try to account for every waking hour I had the previous year. And what's the value of that? It helps me to develop strategies for the coming year. Because I do this every year and have for decades, I become more focused, strategic, and effective every year. Even if I have a difficult time or relatively unproductive year compared to what I desired, it's never a loss because I learn from it and improve upon it in the coming year. There's no substitute for being strategic. To maximize growth, you must develop strategies. That is the law of design. Life lessons Most people allow their lives to simply happen to them, they float along, they wait. They react, and by the time a large portion of their life is behind them, they realize that they should have been more proactive and strategic. I hope that has not been true for you. If it has, then I want to encourage you to develop a stronger sense of urgency and a pro-strategic mindset. As you plan and develop strategies for your life and growth, I want to share with you some of the things I've learned that have helped me in the process. 1. Life is very simple, but keeping it that way is very difficult. Despite what others might say, I believe that life is pretty simple. It's a matter of knowing your values, making some key decisions based on those values, and then managing those decisions on a day-to-day basis. That's pretty straightforward. And, at least in theory, the longer we live and the more we learn, the more experience and the more knowledge we acquire that should make life even simpler. But life has a way of becoming complicated, and it is only through great effort that we can keep it simple. A few years ago, I attended a conference on global strategies for leaders. While we were there, we were divided into groups for some strategic thinking time. I was fortunate to be placed with Neil Cole. Although I did not know him prior to that day, I became impressed very quickly through our discussion time by his ability to design simple, effective strategies. During a break, I asked Neil for advice for designing a strategy to develop leaders globally. He replied that the secret is found in simplicity. He then shared with me the following three questions that he said would be key to making such a strategy work. Can it be received personally? A profound implication, it must be internalized and transform the soul of the leader. Can it be repeated easily? Simple application, it must be passed on after only a brief encounter can it be transferred strategically? A universal communication, it must be passed on globally to all cultural contexts. My encounter with Neil made a strong impression on me. I later used those questions at Equip as we developed our million-leader mandate strategy to train one million leaders worldwide. I also came away from that conversation with a determination to design my life as simply as possible by discovering and developing systems for my success. Those systems help me fight the battle against complexity in my life every day. I believe they can help you too. Just remember as you develop strategies for growth to keep them personal, repeatable, and transferable. A beautifully conceived strategy does you no good if you cannot use it. Lesson number two, designing your life is more important than designing your career. Oscar-winning actress Reese Witherspoon says, "...many people worry so much about managing their careers, but rarely spend half of that much energy managing their lives. I want to make my life, not just my job, the best that it can be. The rest will work itself out." I think Witherspoon's advice is partially correct. If you plan your life well, then your career will work itself out. The problem is that most people don't spend very much time planning their careers either. They spend more time planning for Christmas or for their vacation. Why? Because people focus on what they think will give them the greatest return. If you don't believe you can succeed in your life in the long term, you're not very likely to give it the planning attention it deserves. Planning your life is about finding yourself, knowing who you are, and then customizing a design for your growth. Once you draw the blueprint for your life, then you can apply it to your career. Lesson 3. Life is not a dress rehearsal. As you may have guessed by now, I'm a longtime reader of Charles Schultz's comic strip Peanuts. Schultz captured the feeling of many people in a strip in which Charlie Brown says to Linus, Life is just too much for me. I've been confused from the day I was born. I think the whole trouble is that we're thrown into life too fast. We're not really prepared. To which Linus responds, What did you want? A chance to warm up first? There is no warm-up for life, no dress rehearsal, yet that's the way many people seem to be treating it. Each of us goes on stage cold, with no preparation, and we have to figure it out as we go along. That can be messy. We fail. We make mistakes. But we still need to give it our best from the very start. Regret over not being proactive, proactive enough is a common theme among people looking back on their lives. In his book, Aspire, Kevin Hall tells about a trip he made with a group of Boy Scouts and his desire to inspire them to set bold goals for themselves. He did that by telling them about a study of retired, successful executives conducted by Gerald Bell, a noted behavioral scientist. Hall writes, quote, I told them that what those 70-year-old executives answered when Dr. Bell asked them what they would do differently if they could live their lives over again. Their response, an answer that ranked far ahead of any others, was this I should have taken charge of my life and set my goals earlier. Life is not practice, it's the real thing. I shared the rest of the survey results with the Boy Scouts. Two, I would have taken better care of my health. Three, I would have managed my money better. Four, I would have spent more time with my family. Five, I would have spent more time on personal development. Six, I would have had more fun. Seven, I would have planned my career better. Eight, I would have given more back. End quote. We do not get a rehearsal for life. We have to do the best we can in the moment. But we learn from others who have gone before us, people like the executives that Bell studied. They should inspire us to plan as best we can and then give our all. Comedian Fred Allen once said, You only live once, but if you work it right, once is enough. Lesson 4. In planning your life, multiply everything by two. My outlook on life is primarily optimistic, and as a result, my expectations for others and myself tend to be rather unrealistic. Over the course of time, I've learned that the important things in life usually take longer than we expect and cost more than we anticipate. That is especially true when it comes to personal growth. So what do I do to compensate? I multiply by two. If I think something is, will take me an hour to do, I plan for double and stay out of trouble. If I think a project will take a week to accomplish, I allot two. If I think a goal will require $1,000 to fund, I set aside $2,000. Two isn't a magic number, it just has seemed to work for me. I found that multiplying everything by two infuses realism into my optimism. I am aware that I'm an especially impatient person, but I think all people naturally desire for things to come to them easily and quickly, including personal growth. The secret isn't really to want more or want it faster. It's to put more time and attention into what you have and what you can do now. Give three times the effort and energy to growing yourself and allow yourself to grow slowly and with deep roots. Remember that a squash vine or tomato plant grows in a matter of weeks produces for several days or weeks, and then dies when the first frost comes. In comparison, a tree grows slowly, over years, decades, or even centuries. It produces fruit for decades and, if healthy, stands up to frost, storms, and drought. As you develop strategies for growth, give yourself the time and the resources you need. Whatever amounts seem reasonable to you, multiply them by two— That practice will help to keep you from becoming discouraged and giving up too soon. To develop strategies, depend on systems. Most accomplishments in life come more easily if you approach them strategically. Rarely does a haphazard approach to anything succeed, and even the few times a non-strategic approach to achievement comes to fruition, it is not repeatable. So, how do you accomplish something strategically on a consistent basis? by creating and using systems. One of the greatest secrets to my personal growth and high productivity is that I use systems for everything. I have a system for growing personally and gleaning information. I try to read four books every month. I pick two that I can go through fairly quickly and two that I want to dig into. I also listen to CDs in my car. When I was preaching a weekly sermon as a pastor, I used to listen to five every week. I'd give a CD five minutes. If it was bad, I'd stop listening. If it is good, i listen to the whole thing. If it was great, I'd stop listening after five minutes and set the CD aside to have it transcribed so I could read every word. I have a system for capturing and filing all the good stories, quotes, and articles that I read. If I find an article I like, I rip it out of the magazine or journal, write at the top the topic it should be filed under, and set it aside for my assistant to put into my files. As I read a book, when I find a quote or story I like, I mark the page, write the topic I want it filed under, and write the page number where it can be found on the inside front cover of the book. When I'm done reading the book, I give it to my assistant, and she photocopies the quotes or types them up and puts them into my quotes files. This practice has changed my life. Most people I know who take the time to grow personally don't take the time to capture the best thoughts and ideas they come across. They spend hours or days looking for a story they once read or a quote they can't recall. Didn't I read something about that recently? They wonder, now which book was that in? Now, maybe they are able to find it, and maybe not. Do you know how much time it usually takes me to find something I read and want to recall? Two minutes or less. I can walk over to my desk and put my hand on it in under a minute. If I can't recall what topic I filed under and have to check two or three topics, it might take me as long as five minutes. I have a system for thinking. I keep about a dozen quotes or ideas in the notes app on my iPhone, which I have with me all the time. I refer to them throughout the day so they can really sink into my mind and heart. When I swim laps every day, I choose one or two thoughts, or sometimes a couple of prayer items to roll over in my mind while I train. And I also have my thinking chair. If I wake up in the middle of the night, which is a fairly common occurrence, I slip down into my office with a legal pad to think and write. I have a system for writing. Before I take a major trip, which can last up to two or three weeks, I spend a day or longer preparing what I need to write. If I'm working on a book, I create a notepad with raw material. If the outline for the book has 15 chapters, as this one does, I put together a binder with 15 numbered tabs. If I already have some thoughts about a particular chapter, I three-hole punch it and put it behind that tab. I also go into my quote and article files and photocopy any material that I think I might want to use for that chapter. I three-hole punch those pages and put them behind that tab. If I've written a lesson on that subject, I copy it, three-hole punch it, and put it behind the tab. By the time I've done, I got an entire binder of material hand-picked for every chapter. With that, a legal pad, tape, and a pen, I'm ready to write whether I'm on a plane, in a hotel room, or staying at a relative's house. I have a system for planning my days. I look at my calendar six weeks out so I know what's coming and can plan my work. And every morning, I review my schedule for the day and ask myself, what is the main event? I make sure that I know the most important thing that I must win that day, no matter what else happens. I even have systems for waiting in lines and other mundane activities. For example, if I'm at a ball game with friends and we go to the concession stand to get food, if there are three lines, I stand in one and ask my friends to stand in the other two. When one of us gets to the counter, then we all go to that person and place our orders together. That way we save time. Strategies and systems are a way of life for me. Michael Gerber, author of The E Myth, says that systems permit ordinary people to achieve extraordinary results predictably. However, without a system, even extraordinary people find it difficult to predictably achieve even ordinary results. And I totally agree. What is a system? It is a process for predictably achieving a goal based on a specific, orderly, repeatable principles and practices. Systems leverage your time, money, and abilities. They are great tools for personal growth. Systems are deliberate, intentional, and practical. They really work, regardless of your profession, talent level, or experience. They improve your performance. A life without any systems is a life where the person must face every task and challenge from scratch. What systems include? If you want to make the most of your personal growth by getting the most you can out of every effort in doing it as efficiently possible— you need to develop systems that work for you. That will be a personal thing because your systems need to be tailored to you. However, as you strive to create them, keep the following guidelines in mind. Number one, effective systems take the big picture into account. Stephen Covey observed, quote, We may be very busy, we may be very efficient, but we will also be truly efficient only when we begin with the end in mind, end quote. When I started creating systems for my personal growth, they were very targeted. I knew I would be speaking every week of my life. I knew I would be leading people and organizations. As I approached age 30, I realized that I wanted to write books. My efforts had to support and advance my abilities in those areas. People who excel, regardless of their profession, develop systems that help them achieve the big picture. A good example of that was Muhammad Ali's preparation for the Rumble in the Jungle fight against George Foreman on October 30th of 1974. It's true that Ali was the great, was a great athlete, the greatest according to him, but physically he was no match for Foreman, who was a powerful puncher. Virtually nobody thought Ali had a chance. Joe Fraser and Ken Norton had beaten Ali previously and George Foreman had knocked out both of those fighters in the second round. But Ali could see Foreman's weakness, his lack of staying power, and Ali figured out a system that would allow him to overcome the strong boxer. Ali called it the rope-a-dope. Ali would lean back against the ropes, shielding himself while Foreman pounded away, trying to knock him out. For seven rounds, Foreman threw hundreds of punches, and Ali let the storm blow over him. By round eight, Ali could see that Foreman had worn himself out. That's when Ali dropped Foreman with the combination and reclaimed the heavyweight championship of the world. It's not enough to be busy. If you're busy planning, busy reading books, and busy going to conferences, but they aren't targeted on the areas essential to your success, you're not helping yourself. As the saying goes, unhappiness is not knowing what we want and killing ourselves to get it. What is your big picture? In what areas must you grow to achieve your purpose? Author and professor C.S. Lewis said, every, quote, every person is composed of a few themes. End quote. What are yours? And what systems can you develop to advance yourself in those areas today and every day? I had to stop reading books simply for pleasure and read books that would help me in my areas of strength. I also took two speed reading classes to help me improve. What must you do? Guideline number two. Effective systems make use of priorities. A system is of limited help to you if it doesn't take into account your priorities. Brian Tracy says, quote, Perhaps the very best question you can memorize and repeat over and over is, What is the most valuable use of my time right now? End quote. Your answer to that question should shape any system you create for yourself. You should also ask yourself, when is my most valuable time? Because you'll want to always make the most of it. For me, it's mornings. When I recognized that, I stopped scheduling any breakfast meetings. That was 30 years ago. Imagine how much of my prime time would have gotten used up if I'd allowed myself to meet with people, which I'm capable of doing any time, during my prime productivity time. Making that decision for me was pretty easy. Others have been more difficult. I am very opportunity-driven, and I tend to want to do everything. If one is good, four is better. I love saying yes, and I have a very hard time saying no. As a result, I get spread too thin. To deal with that, I had to develop a system. I was no longer allowed to answer requests for my time. Instead, requests had to go to a group who would decide whether or not I would accept a speaking engagement or any other request. We fondly named them the Hatchet Committee. Why? Because they put the axe to 90% of the requests that came in. It was the only system that I could find that forced me to maintain my priorities when it came to my time. What systems do you need to put in place to help you maintain your priorities, and what people do you need to give responsibility and power to so they can help you? Guideline 3. Effective Systems Include Measurement Jack Welch, former CEO of General Electric, asserted, quote, Strategy is first trying to understand where you sit in today's world. Not where you wish you were or where you hoped you would be, but where you are. Then, it's trying to understand where you want to be in five years. Finally, it's assessing the realistic chances of getting from here to there. End quote. What do all three of these actions, knowing where you are, where you want to be, and the chances of getting there have in common? Measurement. Any kind of progress relies on the ability to measure. And for that reason, your systems must always include a a way to measure your results. When I first moved from Atlanta to San Diego, I was surprised by how congested and difficult traffic was in the area. Road building seemed to run about 10 years behind population growth. I couldn't do anything about the roads, but I was determined to improve my ability to get around. What was my solution? For the first six months, I explored alternate routes to my most common destinations, and I tracked the mileage and the time it took on every route. I discovered five different routes to the Atlanta airport, and I knew which one to take based on the time of day and the different traffic scenarios. I could have been a limo driver. H. James Harrington, former engineer, IBM executive, and performance improvement pioneer, says, quote, Measurement is the first step that leads to control and eventually to improvement. If you can't measure something, you cannot understand it. If you cannot understand it, You cannot control it. And if you can't control it, then you can't improve it." Think about it. Where would business people be if they had no way of measuring their profits? Where would sales and marketing people be if they had no idea how many leads turned into sales or how many people responded to advertising? Where would sports teams be if they never knew the score of the game? Measurement is key to improvement. In fact, measurement itself can even create improvement. Researchers who conducted experiments in productivity at the Hawthorne Works plant outside Chicago in the 1930s discovered that when people knew their work was being measured, their productivity increased. Researchers called that the Hawthorne effect. Measurement makes a difference. It enables you to set goals, evaluate progress, judge results, and diagnose problems. If you want to stimulate your growth progress and evaluate the results, build measurement into your systems. Guideline four. Effective systems include application. If you had the most beautiful blueprints in the world for the most spectacular home, what value would they have if there was no action to build it? Not much. That's why William Danforth, the founder of Nestle Purina, said, quote, no plan is worth the paper it is printed on unless it starts you doing something, end quote. I've been a fan of Ohio State University football for decades, and for several years, while Jim Tressel was head coach of the team, I had the privilege of speaking to the team before their annual game with Michigan and then watching the game from the sidelines. What a wonderful experience. Once while I was there, I noticed a sign that asked players and coaches one simple question. What are you going to do now? That's a great question for us to ask ourselves every time we go out onto our playing field. What are we going to do It's not enough just to plan, although planning is important. Both plan and action must go together. The plan creates the track. The action provides the traction. So anytime you have a goal but you think you won't be able to reach it, don't adjust the goal. Adjust the action steps. People who develop systems that include action steps are almost always more successful than people who don't. Even less talented people with fewer resources accomplish more if they have developed the habit of of taking action. That's one of the reasons I develop the habit of asking myself three questions every time I learn something new. Where can I use this? When can I use this? And who needs to know this? This has become a discipline in my life, so I always have a bias toward action when I learn something new. Guideline number five, effective systems employ organization. I once saw a sign in a cluttered country store that read, we've got it if you can find it. That's not much of a help, is it? I mentioned earlier in the chapter that I have a system for filing quotes. Why did I develop that? Because the number one time waster for most people is looking for things that are lost. My choleric personality in the heavy workload of my career prompted me to start developing systems. In the beginning, it was the only way I could be sure to get things done. And even though as my career developed, I was able to hire an assistant and then additional staff members, I continued to use systems to keep myself and my interaction with staff and coworkers organized. For example, I touch base with my assistant, Linda Eggers, at least once a day, every day, 365 days a year. It doesn't matter if I'm home in Florida or on the road in China. I also have a way of organizing my calendar, or more specifically, asking Linda to organize my calendar. Family activities go on the calendar first. Why? Because they are my highest priority. Everything else has to fit around them. Time has a way of getting away from most people, yet time is what life is made of. Everything we do requires time, yet many people take it for granted. How you spend your time is more important than how you spend your money. Money mistakes can be corrected. But once time is passed, it is gone forever. Being organized gives a sense of power. When you know your purpose and priorities and you have ordered your day, week, or year according to them, you have a clarity of thought that strengthens everything you do. You develop an efficiency that helps you to follow through on everything you do. There are few things like it. Make sure your systems make you as organized as you can possibly be. Guideline number six. Effective systems promote consistency. Journalist Sidney J. Harris observed, quote, An idealist believes the short run doesn't count. A cynic believes the long run doesn't matter. A realist believes that what is done or left undone in the short run determines the long run. End quote. In other words, if you want to succeed in the long run, you must, be, you must learn to be consistent day in and day out, week in and week out, year in, year in and year out. You will never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. So, any system you develop needs to promote consistency, and you must follow it consistently. What does it take to develop consistency? A system and the discipline to follow through. I came across the story of an older gentleman at the funeral of fiery NBA basketball coach Bill Musselman in 2000, who approached Bill's son Eric to tell him a story. The gentleman said he was driving down a two-lane highway on the way to Orville, Ohio, when he saw a boy of about 11 years old dribbling a basketball with his right hand along the side of the road. The man pulled over and asked the boy, "Where are you going?" Without stopping, without stopping dribbling, or the boy replied. I'm going to Orville. Do you know that Orville is 10 miles away? The man asked. And the boy replied, yes. The man said, what are you going to do when you get there? And the boy replied, dribble back home with my left hand. The old man said, looked at Eric and said, that boy was your father. Now that's what I call creating a system and having the discipline to follow through on it. Despite the dramatic nature of that story of Musalon's efforts to grow as a basketball player, most efforts at consistency are not so exciting. Every now and then, I get requests from people who say they want to spend the day with me. I think they would be very disappointed at how boring my average day is. I'm up early and spend hours at my desk. In the afternoon, I exercise and take care of people-related responsibilities. I usually go to bed by 10. It's not exciting, but it is consistent. And it's a system that works for me. One golfer's strategy. I enjoyed the game of golf for more than 40 years. A few years ago, I came across Harvey Pennick's Little Red Book, Lessons and Teachings from a Lifetime in Golf. It contains tips and anecdotes on golf from a head pro who was a golfer and a teacher for more than 80 years. The, ar- the author is Harvey Pennock, who fell in love with golf as a boy. He started working as a caddy when he was 8 years old and worked his way up at the Austin Country Club in Austin, Texas. When he was a senior in high school, an influential member of the club offered to get him an appointment at West Point. No thank you, sir, was Harvey's reply. The only thing in life I want to be is a golf pro. Harvey was running the club as the head pro before he reached the age of 20. Harvey's great love was teaching golf. He taught thousands of golfers during his career at the club, which he oversaw as the head pro for 50 years. He also worked as the coach of the golf team at the University of Texas for more than 30 years. Among the pros he taught were Tim Kite, sorry, Tom Kite, Ben Crenshaw, Mickey Wright, Betsy Rawls and Kathy Whitworth. Harvey wanted to become the best he could be at teaching golf and to do so, he was very systematic. He treated every student as an individual, whether the person was a first-time golfer, someone with a high handicap who wanted to improve his score, or a tour professional fine-tuning his game. He never allowed one player to watch him give a lesson to another. He was concerned that observers might try to adopt the coaching to their own games when the advice really didn't apply to them. Every time Harvey accepted a new player onto his University of Texas team, he would ask about the teaching methods the student's club pro had used. His strategy was always to keep improving as a teacher. Harvey's son, Tinsley, who became a golf pro in his own right, said, quote, My dad always said that the day he stopped learning would be the day that he stopped teaching. He must have been learning right up to the day he died, because he never stopped teaching, end quote. The strategy that made Harvey Penick world famous was his practice of recording observations and practices in a small red scribble-text notebook. He began doing it sometime in his twenties. He wanted to record what worked so he could teach it. He did that for more than sixty years. He kept the book locked in his briefcase, and the only person he ever let read it was Tinsley. Harvey's intention was to pass on what he called his little red book to his son when he retired. Instead, Harvey decided to share his lifetime of wisdom with others. He partnered with Bud Schrake, a sports writer, to publish the book. It became an instant bestseller and has since become the best-selling sports book of all time. Harvey remarked, quote, "What made my little red book special was not what was written in it. Was not that what was written in it had never been said before. It was that what it says about golf has stood the test of time. Whether it is for beginners, medium players, experts, or children." Anything I say in my book has been tried and tested with success. As you seek to develop strategies to maximize your growth, you should seek out principles that have stood the test of time. And like Harvey, don't try to simply adopt someone else's practices as your own. Customize them to yourself. Use them to build your strengths and reach your goals. And remember that, as Jim Rohn said, if you go to work on your goals, your goals will go to work on you. If you go to work on your plan, your plan will go to work on you. Whatever good things we build up end up building us. That is the power of the law of design. Applying the law of design to your life. Step one. Take some time to assess which areas in your life receive the most of your strategic planning time. Here's a list of areas to get you thinking. Add others that apply to you. Career. Faith. Family. Health. Hobby, marriage, personal growth, and vacation. Have you been strategic in your approach to designing strategies and systems for your life? If not, why not? If so, where have you placed the most emphasis? Does your past behavior line up with what you say your priorities are? How would you like them to be? Applying the Law of Design Step 2 Begin developing or refining systems for yourself that will maximize your time and increase your efficiency. Brainstorm a list of areas where you desire to improve, are experiencing a problem, or sensing an opportunity. Try to create a system to help you for each. As you design them, make sure that each takes into account the following. The big picture. Will the system help you reach your big picture goals? Your priorities. Is the system consistent with your values and commitments? Measurement. Does the system give you a tangible way to judge if you have succeeded? Application. Does the system have a built-in bias toward action? Organization. Does the system make better use of your time than what you're doing now? And consistency. Can and will you easily repeat the system on a regular basis? Do not be reluctant to make adjustments to systems you develop or even abandon them if they don't serve you well. However, you may want to try out any system you develop for at least three weeks— the, the normal time needed to start developing a positive habit before evaluating its validity. Applying the law of design, step three. Many people who try to develop strategies for their life and growth make them too complicated. Any system you develop should be simple and straightforward. To test the ones you develop, try this explain them to a friend to see if they pass two tests. The first is whether you can explain it clearly if you can't it may be too complicated the second is to see if your friend knows of a better or simpler way of achieving the same goal now go and apply the law of design to your life thank you for watching please like subscribe and visit my channel for more exciting content